We have uh, the great Bill Bratton, former NYPD commissioner, of course, also uh, chief of police there in Los Angeles and also commissioner in Boston. Uh, the great Bill Bratton, um, Commissioner Bratton, thank you so much for joining us. There is so much to talk with you about. Um, first off, um, you wanted to talk about this issue with the NAACP in Oakland, what's been happening, just the crime in California, and it's sort of indicative of what's happening around the country. Yes, uh, I made you aware of uh, a uh, press release put out by the NAACP chapter in Oakland, California. NAACP is the, one of the largest and most respected uh, uh, of the African-American uh, entities in the country. And the Oakland chapter put out a press release today that basically was a, uh, uh, a manifesto, if you will, about what has gone wrong in Oakland and what they think is necessary to correct it. And it's, if you read it, it's amazing because it's a total repudiation of what has been going on for the last over half dozen years in the country. I'll read you one quick paragraph out of it that uh, is uh, phenomenal coming from an African-American organization. Field leadership, including the movement to defund the police, uh, district attorney's unwillingness to charge and prosecute people who murder and commit life-threatening serious crimes, and the proliferation of anti-police rhetoric have created a heyday for Oakland criminals. If there are no consequences for committing crime in Oakland, crime will continue to soar. And it sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like New York. That, uh, so I was amazed to see this document. Maybe there was some light at the end of the tunnel finally. Maybe. Maybe there's some common sense coming. Now, uh, uh, before uh, we found out, there was an article in the New York Post today that broken windows is broken uh, because uh, 2,500 fair beaters, 2,500 fair beaters have been caught, had significant higher uh, uh, warrants uh, on their uh, on them, and if we would have arrested them, we would have taken some killers off the street. John, in 1991, when I was uh, brought down from Boston to take over the transit police in New York City, we had uh, about uh, 250,000 fair evaders every day, a system of three and a half million riders. The crackdown and turnaround of crime and disorder in New York City began in the New York City subways in 1990, and it began with going after fair evaders. Back at that time, and I write about this in my books and wrote about this just most recently in my social media tweets, one out of every seven stopped in that time were wanted on a warrant. One out of every 21 stopped were carrying a weapon. The statistics that the post of posting these last several days, they're even worse than back in 1990, which was the worst crime year in the history of the city. Those statistics in the post are based only about a, on about a one to 2,000 fair evasion arrests. We are not stopping enough fair readers. The department is trying, but we have district attorneys that refuse to prosecute for that crime. Uh, there's an old expression, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. Well, the history of New York City, the crime turnaround for 25 straight years, began by going after fair evaders. When will our district attorneys smarten up and recognize that when crime goes unpunished, crime goes up? One more item. I was yelling and screaming at the beginning of the show today that they want to build affordable housing by Seven World Trade Center, which is fine by me. But why don't we put in uh, police officers, uh, uh, firemen? 
uh, instead of them living up in Rockland County or 50, 75 miles away, I'd rather have them in the city. What say you? Well, John, John, the irony of it is uh, the majority, uh, more than 50% of police officers, I don't know about firefighters, 50% live in the city. But increasingly, because of the high cost of living, and increasingly because the wages for a New York City police officer are nowhere near what is paid in the suburbs uh, out here in Long Island, Nassau, Suffolk County, uh, Port Authority, their wages are nowhere near what are paid to the surrounding police departments. So we lose a lot of fine young men and women to surrounding areas for a combination of things, schools that don't teach, housing that's too expensive, salaries that don't allow you to have a middle-class life in the city. All of this can be corrected, but it's not being corrected, unfortunately. You know, um, Commissioner, I wanted to ask you also, uh, this to me is just, uh, it, it gets me so angry. Uh, the getaway driver and the person who was involved in the assassination of a young NYPD officer, um, Eddie Byrne, uh, as you probably know, it was a you know execution style. He was 22, had only been on the force for a month. Uh, well, the New York uh, Parole Board has basically said, um, you know, he should be granted parole. I mean, I, I, you know, to me, I think we need to send such a powerful message for anybody who's involved in a cop killing, especially something like this. It's an outrage. Uh, Eddie Byrne, his brother, Larry Byrne, worked for me as my deputy commissioner for legal matters, the late, great Larry Byrne. I attended many ceremonies in Queens uh, at midnight honoring the death of his brother, Eddie. I attended the Washington, D.C. memorials each year with Larry mourning his brother. The death assassination of Eddie Byrne actually was the catalyst for the beginning of the turnaround of crime in America because it was so heinous when a uniformed police officer sitting in a mock police car is assassinated by a yep. drug dealer. It was an execution. It was an execution. The country woke up. The idea that under Governor Cuomo and Governor Hochul, I guess the figure is actually over 30-some-odd cop killers have been paroled by their appointed parole boards. Parole boards appointed by our two most recent governors are letting these killers out at a fast and furious rate. Crime unpunished results in more crime. That's the reality of it. Well, if the PBA doesn't do something about it and put out a full-page ad, I will put out a full-page ad if uh, somebody helps me. uh, Right. uh, Because the people have to know. John, I think you'll find the PBA will be more than happy to work with you. They put out a phenomenal press statement. They go up and testify at these parole board hearings with the families of the deceased officers. But the parole board that's been in place now for the last, well, 12 years has been letting these cop killers out in the fast and furious. Well, I want to put a picture of them in the New York Post, who they are, where they are, and how they voted letting these killers out. Bravo. Good for you. People need to know, John, because it is outrageous. Half of it, I think, is educating the public. We love our officers, and you got to stand by them, Commissioner. When they give their life, the last full measure of devotion to protect you and I, we need to remember and honor them forever and their families. And that means putting their killers away forever and uh, letting them on parole. I'm sorry that uh, uh, some people's lives should be turned around, but cop killers and do not support in favor of letting cop killers out on parole. Yeah, uh, David Patterson, Governor David Patterson, has a question. I just wanted to thank Commissioner Bratton for not including me in the governors who messed up the uh, parole board because I tried very hard not to do it. Oh, thank you, Governor. Oh, Bravo. They stabbed you in the back, though. 
these are appointees of the governors, and so the governors need to be held responsible and accountable for this. And again, this idea of the parole board, really nobody knows what they do, who they are, how they come to be appointed. And uh, again, it's just in this state, it has become a travesty in the sense of any police officer killer that is applying for parole in this state is getting out, and it should not be, should not be. Commissioner Bill Bratton, thank you for everything you've done for our city and continue to speak out for our city and our citizens. God bless you. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Jonathan, may thank you. I'm uh, reading your book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Great book, great biography. <laughs> thank you so much. Your 16 principles are right on. Many of them I share myself, but uh, it's a great book. My compliments to you on it. Thank you so much, Commissioner. For America's climate goals, investing in clean energy adds up. But what doesn't add up is an additionality requirement for clean hydrogen. Additionality would put an unnecessary and inequitable burden on domestic clean hydrogen producers and have serious consequences for America. America needs clean hydrogen, but an additionality requirement just doesn't add up. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association.